Welcome to the Vanguard Church Podcast. You're about to hear a sermon from Vanguard Church Central in the heart of Colorado Springs. With every message, it's our prayer that you hear and learn how to live out your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. May your faith be strengthened, your hope increased, and your heart inspired to live for Jesus no matter the cost. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. I want to just give you a couple of things today. It's real simple. Look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. If you have your program, your Bible, your internet device, we're going to land the plane on this sending, and we're going to jump next week into one of my most favorite books in the Old Testament, the book of Joel. And we're going to talk about faith drift for the month of September. Really important topic. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 says this. This is the message we have heard from him. Him who? Somebody tell me. From Jesus. John's saying, I'm going to tell you something. I heard Jesus say this. This is what Jesus said. I heard from him and I proclaim to you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. You say, well, I've got plenty of darkness in my life. That ain't God. That's the brokenness of this world. You say, is it because of my sin? It's because of my sin or somebody's sin. The world was never intended to be this dark. God never intended for this world to be this dark. But God has allowed humanity to make a choice, and humanity has chosen to choose something other than the light. Humanity has chosen the darkness. The Bible says that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So what does that mean? Look at verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him while we're in darkness, here's what we do. We lie. We lie, and we do not practice the truth. Now, walking in the darkness and experiencing darkness are two different things. When you walk in the darkness, you know what you are doing? If you and I go for a walk, Bob, what are we doing? We're, we're agreeing. We're agreeing. If you choose to walk in the darkness, you're agreeing with the darkness. He's not saying if there's darkness that comes into your life that that you've done something horrible and that you're a horrible person. What he's saying is when darkness comes into your life, what do you do with it? Do you walk in it? Do you agree with it? That's the way it is. Or do you go, no, 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 no. This is not who God's created me to be. He's my father. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. This is not who God has created me to be. I am not going to agree with this. I am not going to walk in the darkness. Are you committed in your life to changing regardless of what it costs you? Are you committed to changing regardless of what it costs you? Only you can answer that question. Only you can answer that question. When God speaks to me and he says, Kelly, I finally got you to the place to where you'll listen to me because there are some changes that I want you to make in your life. Are you willing to make those? And I go, well, God, could you just send a summary of what that's going to cost and I'll let you know if I want to pay it or not. Real relationship begins with realizing there's a cost. 
As, as a woman said to me when we started this church 26 years ago, when we had our first small group and someone came to our house and she was a lesbian and she said, do I have to give up my lesbianism to follow Jesus? And I looked at her and I smiled and I said, no, you got to give up everything. No Lord does not fit. Every one of us have things that we have to give up. There are times in our lives that we don't want to give them up. Or we get discouraged that we think we can't give them up. I want you to understand that each one of us have a calling on our lives. And only you can choose to fulfill that calling. Only you can choose. Only you can choose. I just saw the other grandma in the house. Would you stand and give the other grandma, Catherine's mom, would you give her a a shout out as well? I did not see you. You're normally right over here. So congratulations to you as well. I'm very, very happy for your family. Amen. Amen. Look, after verse 7, He's going to talk to us about what matters here. Look at it. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. What sin in your life do you think God can't forgive you of? Do you know the only guy I can find in the New Testament that Jesus led to Jesus? His name was Saul. He was a big murderer. And Jesus said, I got this one. And as far as I know, in the New Testament, he's the only person that Jesus ever led to Jesus. I think that's kind of cool. And by the way, he wrote over half the New Testament that people are reading 2,000 years later. So God decided to pick this murderer, meet him on the road to Damascus and say, hey, you're mine and I want you to write the Bible so that everybody will know 2,000 years from now who I am. If I had a nickel for every time somebody said to me, I wouldn't do it like you do it. I go, you know how many times I've said that to God? So we dial it back. Okay, so you wouldn't do it like I do it. We wouldn't do it like Jesus do it. So how would you do it? I don't know. I just wouldn't do it like that. No, no, that's not sufficient. Everybody's got an opinion, but God's got a calling on your life. And are you going to live out your calling? Or are you going to take the pulse of the room and decide whether people's opinions are going to dictate who you're going to be for the God who created you and said, I died for you. Now get up and go be who I created you to be. Get up. Get up. So what matters in the end? Number one, our sin is cleansed by Jesus' blood. Our sin is cleansed by Jesus' blood. Isn't that awesome? See, when I get to heaven one day, uh, I don't have to figure out how to pay for my sins. They've been paid for. They've been stamped, debt paid for eternity. You're going to see people today that are going to declare their faith in Jesus Christ. This is not about how great we are. It's about how God's grace is so great to forgive the sin of our lives. Look at 1 John 2.13. I'm writing to you fathers. Daddies, are you listening? Because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you young men. You listening? 
because you've overcome the evil one. I write to you children because you know the Father. I write to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you're strong. The word of God abides in you. You've overcome the evil one. Don't love the world or the things in the world. That's easier said than done, isn't it? It's easier said than done. Because, and we use this word a lot, I love the Denver Broncos. Okay. Nobody does. All right. And, you know, you go, well, I'm never going to say that again. Listen, whether you say it or you don't, God knows what you love. Okay? So you might as well say it. Don't love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life, is not from the Father, but it's from the world. And the world is passing away. It's passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God, guess what? It abides forever and ever. So what matters in the end? Number two, our love to do the Father's will. Now, some days you're going to wake up and go, man, I really love to do the Father's will. And other days you're going to wake up and go, Lord, I love you and I'll do your will. And some days you're going to wake up and go, God, I don't know if I love you. I don't even know that I love your will, but I'm going to do it anyway. But see, God wants us. And this is the part where we get tired. I get tired. God wants us to have a willing mind. And once you lose your willing mind, the actions that you do, you're doing for the wrong reason. And so I just want to encourage you that the battle is won in the mind. I read a book this summer by Jenny Allen. Her dad was George Allen, the uh, uh, coach of the L.A. Rams and of the Washington Redskins, and he was a senator uh, for the United States Senate. She wrote this book called Get Out of Your Head taking every thought captive, highly recommended, amazing book. She uh, lives in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Look at John 14, 15. If you love me, Jesus says, you'll keep my commandments. So where in your life are you not obeying God's commandments? You go, well, here, here, here. Well, those are the areas where you don't love God. You go, well, that's not nice. Okay, we'll take it up with Jesus. I didn't say it. It bothers me too. It bothers me too in my life when I look and I go, yeah, but you don't know what I have to put up with, God. You don't know what I have to deal with. You, blah, 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 blah. And when I get done, God says, just read John 14, 15 again. If you love me, you'll obey me. Don't worry about the cost. But you know as well as I do, we're like Peter. When God told Peter what he had to do, Peter's like, yeah, but what about John? He doesn't have to go through what I have to go through. God says, don't worry about that. Do what I've asked you to do. So where in your life is God asking you to love his commandments more than your flesh? Where in your marriage do you need to die to yourself? Where in your relationship with your children do you need to die to yourself? Where in your gut do you need to tell your gut, no, 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 flesh. You are not going to tell me what to do. 
I am going to tell you what to do, and I am going to say yes to what God is asking me to do. Your calling is the most important thing about your life once you understand your identity is in Christ. Obedience is not based on circumstances, your surroundings, your conditions, or other people's view of you. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? I read in my devotions this morning, Israel said, God, you are our leader. You're our leader. We're going to do what you tell us to do. All you have to do is say yes to Jesus. Yes, I will love you. Yes, I will obey you. Yes, I will follow you. Yes, I'll not give in to my flesh, my pride, my desires of my sinful nature. Jesus is saying to us, follow follow the Father. I read in my devotion this morning, and this is, I do my Bible devotion, but I'm reading Sarah Young's book, Jesus Calling. Highly recommend it, uh, especially if you're having a tough time right now, connecting in, in many ways. This is the devotional from this morning. I designed you to commune with me face to face. And this interaction strengthens your soul. Such communion provides a tiny glimpse of what awaits you in heaven where all barriers between you and my glory will be removed. This meditative time with me blesses you doubly. You experience my presence here and now and you're refreshed by the hope of heaven where you'll know me in ecstatic joy. On June 22nd, I was, uh, they reopened the Yellowstone National Park. And my family and I had been at Glacier. We had seen just tons of grizzlies, tons of amazing beauty, highly recommend it. Uh, we, we love camping. It's an amazing experience. And we were watching the news because there was all this flooding that was happening in Yellowstone. And we had already made reservation, didn't know if we get to go in. We got there on June 22nd, checked into our campsite, set up our little pop-up camper, and then checked the news. And it said that if you have uh, this particular license plate, you could go into the park today. And so we had that particular license plate. So we went in. Had a wonderful time. Had a wonderful day. We saw old, you know, old faithful and so forth and so on. And, and we hiked a bunch of places. And then as we were coming out of the park, we were the fifth car in a line of five. And the sun was going down. It was almost dark. And I'm just driving down the road. And Tasha says to me, hey, why don't you pull over and let me drive? I know you're tired. You've been driving all day because we drove from Glacier to Yellowstone. And then we're in the park all day. A lot of driving in the park. And I said, no, I got it. And not much more did I get those words out of my mouth. And all of a sudden, boom, this elk jumps into the middle of the hood of my truck. And I jerk it. Uh, because I've hit a deer, quite frankly, uh, uh, here in Colorado. And so I was familiar with the sound. And when I jerked it, the, the deer, the elk spun around, hit the back passenger door, caved it in. It was like another bomb went off. And then I get my truck stopped. I pull over. It's almost dark. I get out and I can see the elk. I can hear him uh, moaning as he is dying. And I'm like, what just happened? What just happened? 
What just happened? And then all of a sudden, these two women pull over, and, and we, as Tasha said, we would have thought they were angels, but they cursed like sailors. I mean, it was amazing. I mean, they could not stop cursing. It was, I, mean, I was just like, could you please stop talking, okay? But they were very kind. They were employees of the park, and just so happened one of them had hit an elk the year before because a black wolf had chased it. Uh, and there was actually a person that caught it on their dash cam and put it on YouTube. You can Google it and watch it. It's on there. And, so, and I'm just like, I, I cannot process all of this. I cannot catch up emotionally. And so I'm starting to walk back to the elk, and the women are like, you better not go back to that elk. And I was like, I just want to see. I mean, I don't want to leave it there. And she's like, park ranger's on its way. And in a little bit, the elk stood up and went off into the brush. And at this point, it's dark. You ever been in a national park when it's dark? I haven't. And I'm like, what was that sound? What was that growl? What was that? And the women were like, well, it's either a wolf or a bear. I'm like, that ain't no good. We out here. Like, it was not good. So then the park ranger arrived, and he explained it to us, and I couldn't tell how bad the vehicle was injured because I have a darker vehicle, and it was dark, and, and so it was just like, I was just fried. I was emotionally fried. And isn't it great to be emotionally fried when you're on vacation? Isn't that exciting? It's always exciting to me. Uh, I'm used to being emotionally fried. This is the one time when I didn't want to be emotionally fried. And... The park ranger said, hey, I'm going to go up in uh, the hill here. I'm going to find the elk, and you're going to hear a loud shot. I've got to put it down. It had lost its front hoof, and it was bleeding out of its mouth. And I was like, okay. So he went up, and he shot the elk. Boom, you know, another loud boom. And then another loud boom. And then another loud boom. And then he came back, and he said, I've got to go get a different gun. Shot the elk six times before he died. Now, now I can say, not on that day, but, on, but I can say now, I don't know what that elk was eating, but I want to eat that. Okay, that was one tough elk. And when we went back to the campsite, you know, it's, I don't know, I don't know what time it was. It was late. It's very late. And this, I mean, there's a million stars in the sky and we're in um, West Yellowstone, and I'm laying there, and my mind's racing. I didn't sleep that night. And I just slowly, emotionally etched my way back to March 6th, 1992, when my mother was killed by a drunk driver. And it just kept getting darker and darker in my soul. And then I started grieving every loss that I've ever experienced in my life. And I'm like, Lord... Um, I don't get this. I don't get this. I don't get why all this bad stuff happens. And then yesterday, without going into a lot of detail, Tasha's gone. Our fourthborn's headed to college. It's just JG and I at the farm. And her little kitty um, died yesterday. And we laid it in the floor in the living room and comforted it while it struggled and gave up life and died. And there's so much brokenness in the world. There's so much pain 
in the world. And it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop in your life. It's not going to stop in my life. It's not going to stop in anybody's life. And, and so at some point, you've got to make a decision. And here's the decision. God, you are my father. That means I'm his child, and I will follow you. That means I don't have to understand. That means I don't have to like it. That means I don't have to get it. But I'm yours till my last breath. Till my last breath. Till my last breath, I'm yours. And let me just tell you something. If you will say that today, under your breath, verbally, in your heart, wherever, if you'll say, Jesus, I am yours. Your circumstances may not change. People's view of you may never change. You ready? But you will. And by the way, that's all that matters. Because in the end, what we've done for him is all that matters. Amen? amen. Come on, amen. amen? This is who Vanguard is. He is our Father. Thanks for listening to the Vanguard Central Podcast. We encourage you to go out and live your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. God bless you, friend. See you next time.